more than a string. Welcome to More Than Strength. I'm Dan Flanick, joined by Maddie Fuller. Hey, Thanks. guys. <laughs> Co-host. Wingman. <laughs> but anyway, um, last episode, we spent the uh, the 20 minutes or so talking about two you know, of the better, I guess I guess we'd have to say better certifications in the, uh, the fitness world. Um, the CSCS from the National Strength and Conditioning Association, and then the uh, Starting Strength Coach Certified, SCCC from the... Collegiate Strength and Conditioning Association. You mean uh, Strength Coach? Strength, s- strength yeah, you coach. Said starting Strength Coach certified. Oh, all right. Strength Coach <laughs> certified. What conditioning? Strength con- Strength and Conditioning Coach certified. There we SCCC. Go. Just use the acronym. There we go. <laughs> Sounds way way cooler. Um, and we we were gonna talk about the Starting Strength Coach credential on that last episode, but we decided not to because we didn't want to go too long. Um, and we can spend some time talking about that anyway. So out of all the certifications in the world, like I've just titrated down uh, to three main certifications, right? The other two I just mentioned. and then the Look, starting. that's how we can tell you're a scientist because you use terms like titrate even though we're uh, talking about <laughs> fitness certifications. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> okay, so I narrowed it down to three different certifications that I think illustrate the field as a whole, right? The NSCA is the gold standard. The SCCC the gold standard for the college world, and then the starting strength coach credential, in my opinion, and in opinions of many others, is the most rigorous and, I would say, trustworthy certification in the field. Um, And I'm about to tell you why. So, like I said before, I went through those other certification processes, or processes, and uh, like I said, the most rigorous one that really challenged me was the starting strength coach uh, credential and what I, the thing that drew me to it at first was when rip says we do not create coaches in a weekend because you have to go to the seminar to get certified they don't make you a coach in a weekend that's not possible it takes experience practice making a lot of mistakes fixing your own mistakes fixing other people it takes more than just a weekend to become a scientific coach right if we go back to that last episode, if you didn't listen in, go back and listen into the uh, the excerpt that I read from a physiology textbook that was published over 20 years ago talking about the difference between a non-scientific versus a scientific practitioner or coach. Um, so you can't make a coach in a weekend. It's just not possible. And this is, you know, we could talk about CrossFit. That's one of the things, you know, they're not saying they're making you a coach, but you can go and get certified in a weekend there too. Um, you can't, you know, he, he's saying you can't just read a book and then become a coach. You can't. Uh, become a coach in 24 hours on a weekend that's just not possible Um, at least not a very good one you can get some fundamentals but it's not possible so what they say is they identify coaches so they're gonna pick you out of the crowd based off of you know when you go there and I'll get more into this in a second the whole process but basically you have coaches who are excerpts who are experts in the field you have Mark Ripito evaluating your ability to coach and five of his handpicked staff who he deems the best of the best who evaluate your ability to coach okay so the way it works is you have to go to the seminar and you can find those on startingstrength.com we could even post a link here to yeah, the I'll link those in the show notes yeah um so if you if you want to do this and I'd recommend that everybody go to it um whether you're trying to become a coach or not you should go and learn from these people um 
it'll be the best $900 or $800,000 you'll, you'll ever spend when it comes to your own health, really, um, and fitness in general. Strength, it, it'll, it'll, it's money well spent. Anyway, so you got to go to the seminar, and the I'll just describe my the story, my story, uh, and I'm sure it's very similar for other people who are sitting in my shoes. And I went and I took it at Horn Strength and Conditioning out in L.A. Uh, and when I got there, I was nervous. I got off a red eye flight. Um, I think no, not red eye. Would be red eye. Going back home is red eye. But anyway, I got off the flight. And I was exhausted. Didn't get much sleep. And then I slept for a couple hours. Got there, and then the first thing they do is. Rip gets up there and says, okay, raise your hand if you want to take this seminar as a coach. And so usually uh, they say about five people raise their hands, which I think that's maybe I think we had seven, which was a little more than usual. And uh, so we raise our hands and then he looks you in the eye and says, you're going to fail. You're not going to pass this. And the reason he says that is because statistically he's right. Uh, I don't know the exact statistics but let's just say around 10 percent of people 10 to 15 percent of people pass so 90 to 85 to 90 percent of people fail um so right off right off the bat you know if if you're into starting strength and you learn about it and you read about it you're gonna know who mark ripito is and it's gonna be somebody that you want to go in and you want him to think that you're a good coach so when the person that you want you know to think that you're a good coach gets up there in front of everybody and says, you're going to fail. That doesn't really, you know, give you the warm butterflies by any means. So right off the bat, he's getting in your head a little bit because he wants to see what you're made of. He wants to see if you can really coach. So after that, Rip goes into the explanation of what it's going to require, which you're about to know beforehand, and you could read about this beforehand, which is what I did. So he says that you're going to have, you know, the first thing you're going to be evaluated on is uh, your ability to coach on the platform. And what that means is uh, they're going to judge you on your ability to teach and correct and find and fix form errors um, on somebody that you don't know. Somebody, you know, another person who's at the seminar who you never met, who's probably a novice. Um, You're going to have to teach them and fix their squat, bench, deadlift, overhead press, and power clean. And... The way it works is usually there's 25-ish people at a seminar, um, and you're going to be broken up into groups of five, and then there's five staff coaches who are going to be at five separate racks. So there's five groups of five, 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 right? And then Rip is kind of the uh, the foreman walking around, coaching, right, helping where he needs to, evaluating. And uh, basically, the, so let's just say me and Maddie are there, and I'm, I've never met Maddie before, and there's five of us, and I'm standing in line. Uh, and Maddie is behind me, and I'm the first person in line. So Maddie is going to teach me and correct my squats, right? He's going to teach me how to squat, correct them, and, and he's going to be evaluated on his ability to do that. The biggest thing they're going to look for is, A, can you teach it? B, can you quickly recognize form errors and give the correct cues to be able to fix them? Um, so I was nervous. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. Um, so you know, it's a nerve wracking experience because you have someone kind of standing over you. And they say too, the staff coaches say, uh, we're going to let you fall on your face. We're not like, if we need to jump in for safety reasons, then we're going to, we're going to make sure that the person you're coaching leaves knowing how to squat and stuff. And they always do, but we're going to step back and really let you, you know, sweat it out. Um, because we want to see your ability to coach. We're not going to get in there and fix it right away. Um, so anyway, you'll do that for each of the lifts. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's the first thing, right? Rip says, this is what's going to happen first. And he explains that process right there. 
After that, I remember him distinctly saying, okay, after this, if you pass the platform evaluation, which you're probably not, then the next Tuesday after the seminar, because it ends on Sunday night, you're going to be emailed saying whether you passed or not. And in order to pass, you have to have a unanimous decision by all the coaches. They all have to agree. All, excuse me, all six of them have to agree that you pass. Um, so once you get that email, you're either elated or you're disappointed. And if you're elated, it means that the next step in the process is you have to take a very comprehensive written exam um, on, I think it was seven essay questions for me. I don't know exactly how many there are now. It might change, but seven for when I took it. Um, and he says, if this essay test is handed in and it is less than 25 pages typed up single space, don't, don't even bother submitting it because it's a fail. Um, so he says it basically the reason is because he and the coaches and the Star Trek organization wants you to have such a grasp on the understanding for the anatomy and physiology, the physics, the understanding of coaching, um, and the understanding of how to progress people of different ages and, and, uh, and athletic abilities. They want you to know how to do this. They want to make sure that the people they certify truly are people who understand how to do this. Um, so I think mine was 35 pages, single space, right? So if we normally we double space things, right? In APA style. So that's 70 pages, 50 to 70 pages, right? And my and and when I got some of the feedback on my test, they asked for more detail on some of the things, right? <laughs> So I wrote a book and they asked for more detail. It's literally a 70 page word doc. If I'm like, imagine like a regular book, that's, that's probably like, I don't know, at least a hundred page over a hundred page, a little book that you write on this information. So with that being said, um, you know, I, I want to hit on the, the, the fact that people do, and you see it mostly on uh, like social media and stuff. People are like, Oh, like starting strength dogmatic, like, one like single-minded thinkers and this and that and I, I just wonder like if you understood the process that we had to go through maybe your thinking would change maybe if you put yourself through that process maybe you'd start to understand that it's not dogmatic thinking it's the fact that people who get this certification really do understand this understand how to train novices better than 99 maybe even more than that percent of the fitness world um and so for that reason we're able to have a filter of knowledge and to be able to think through things on a more scientific level um, and discredit things that need to be discredited um, and and be able to recognize methods and approaches and, and uh, ideologies that do have validity. So I think that's, you know, I wanted to hit on that. But after hearing that, Maddie, what, what do you think? What do you think of that? What do you think of this? I want to hear your, your thoughts. Well, that's that's pretty wild, you know. Considering in the last episode we talked about a lot of the certifications, other than the the big college one, involve, you know, not much more than a multiple choice exam uh, to prove your knowledge. And nobody listening can see this, but I'm making air quotes with my fingers here. <laughs> um, knowledge. So yeah, that's pretty amazing. Um, and and like we've talked about, as somebody who is interested in in trying to pursue this, it's pretty intimidating too. You it know, is. Yeah. To understand like what you have to know. Yes, to be a starting strength coach and it it should be intimidating and that's kind of what i wanted because like one of the reasons you know i went into college strength and conditioning um out of college and kind of toward the end of college because i looked at the the personal training world and it's just it was disappointing to me because 
here I was, you know, I, I thought I'm like, well, I went to school for exercise science, which because I wanted to do this, like I, I, this is what I thought I wanted to do, which luckily it was. Um, but I went into the college world because it was more of an ego thing. It was like, well, and and uh, I didn't want to be looked at as the typical like meathead, you know, personal trainer who, you know, I lift things up and put them down. And so I thought that going to the college world would be a more respectable profession. I would, um, you know, which, which I do think there's a lot more, like there's definitely way more people in the college world who know what they're talking about versus the, the private sector. Like if you go into, you know, most college weight rooms, you'll find at least one person in there that, that, you know, has a pretty solid idea of how to train people. Um, and those are the strength coaches, not always, um, there's, you know, it's, it really depends. It depends on the person. But I'd say you're more likely to find people who know what they're talking about in a college weight room than you are in a in a 24-hour fitness, you know, in, in a regular Globo gym. I don't know if we, we might have to cut that out or if we can call out, uh, whatever. But um, that's all I'm trying to say is you're more likely to find somebody who has knowledge there than you would in a typical Globo gym. Um, but th- so I, I that's why I went into that field because I didn't – I'm like, well – I spent all this time for a certification that I could have gotten with a, you know, in a weekend when this is frustrating and I could have, you know, instead of spending all this money on school, I could have done this. So I'm like, well, I want to make something in my education that that seems more professional, really. Um, and then when I got there, I realized it wasn't for me. I think I hit on that in episodes prior. I mean, there's several reasons, but one of the main ones is I just uh, I really enjoy taking average people and making them freakishly strong better than I'd like taking freakishly strong athletes and making them a little more freakishly strong and more athletic. <coughs> I think so. that's, and I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't, don't realize is, is that, that's exactly what you're talking about. You know, from listening to the starting strength coaches that I've listened to, that's the challenge. It's not taking somebody with like tremendous genetic gifts, you know, the top 1% of athletes in the world and making them a little bit better. It's taking the average person and making them a lot better. Yeah, exactly. And you have to know a lot more to do that. Yes. Yeah. And you learn a lot more through the process of doing that. Yeah, and I don't want to like make fun of myself all the time, but like it's exactly the kind of thing we're working on right now where I'm trying to get my squat right, you know, and yeah. it's, it's a pain. <laughs> and it's frustrating for you, but yeah. what do I keep saying? I'm like, patience, patience. Right. Because I've, I, I've had people like this before, um, and we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll get it figured out and that, that yeah. that's that's the whole that's the whole thing is you don't I'm not saying all the time like there are definitely some issues that arise in coaching college athletes and and there is you know skill required but I just you don't really know how good of a coach you are until you aren't coaching those top level athletes right and then you have those people who come in with really weird issues like whether it's pain places or injuries or whatever or just you know we joke around and call them motor morons or people who just can't move their body very well because maybe they've never really played sports that much or they just they're not very in tune with it so teaching somebody who has such the of a lack of ability um on how to move their body and have never really done this stuff before and having to figure out solutions to their problems that is the process that makes you a better coach like I think I became a, a way better coach um, the first year after leaving the college world than I did in the two and a half or whatever that I was there um, just just because I was faced with so many different issues that I had to figure out and fix. But the good news is is that it always comes back down to that whole stress recovery adaptation cycle, um, which we talked about on the not the last episode but two episodes ago. Um, it comes back down to figuring out how to stress someone, cause them to recover and adapt. And um, 
but that that that's my main point is that it, it takes it takes failing and figuring out and problems that you really have to figure out how to solve with the human body or different people come up with different things in order to gain the expertise and the knowledge to become you know an experienced knowledgeable coach and that's why you can't read a book and then go take a test and be considered you know a good coach you can't right you just can't so i have two things to wrap this up here then Uh uh-huh how many starting strength coaches are there right now oh man i don't even know i think around 120 active but i think like say 120 120 and that Mm -hmm. and that's compared with probably thousands and thousands of the other coaches that are out there in the world yes um okay so Give us your, give us like your, your 30 second summary of, of the starting strength code certification and why it's better than the other ones. This, the 30 second elevator pitch right here for there you. There you go. So, um, it's better because it's significantly more rigorous and it requires the person who's going through the process to not only have the book knowledge to be able to write a 25 page single space comprehensive, um, essay test and write physiology anatomy all that stuff involved in training human beings um but it also requires you to be evaluated by in my opinion some of the best if not the best strength and conditioning coaches in the world at teaching novices so you get evaluated by the best in the world both on your coaching ability in person and on your understanding of the fundamental knowledge, not even going into like these different at like the fundamental knowledge necessary to be able to progress and train human beings as a scientific coach. Awesome. Well, I haven't talked about this at all, but I think this is so cool. I'd like to hear if people have questions or anything like that. You can leave them in the comments on the page at the website, uh, more than strength.com slash podcast. So, uh, Dan, what do we have next time? Next time we're going to talk about fitness crap that you're probably being sold on, or at least people are trying to market and sell to you, and uh, things to watch out for, little voices in your head and signs and signals that you should have red flags raised when, when you see and hear. All right. Looking forward to it. Sounds good. Thanks, Maddie. Thank you. See you guys next time. Thank you for listening to More Than Strength. Be sure to check out morethanstrength.com slash podcast for links and show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and review on iTunes and tell a friend. Thanks.